BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Naked King. I don't know this I first heard about my next guest, East Point MC Yamin Somali, when I read an article about his track, Immortal. The song deals with mental health awareness and dealing with losing someone, somebody and depression. After reading the article, I immediately started listening to his music, and just he's just an incredible MC. With that, Yamin Somali, welcome to the library with Tim Monaco. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Phil. You start boiling it, life goes on, even if you ain't enjoying it. You might as well create the panacea from the poisonous. I'm making noises, what's the risk? Why my voice exists? The world is what my oyster is. I'm about to stick a sword. You know, when we think of uh, ATL MCs, we think of Outkast, you know, Dungeon Family, Field Mob, uh, Goody Mob, et cetera, et cetera. But, but what, what should we know about the Atlanta hip hop scene that's maybe not, you know, not known by uh, national or even international? Um, I would say that's a really good question, man. Um, in the last few years, I would say people would really need to know about Stolen Drums and Tuami. Uh, these are producers, and I think the beat scene in Atlanta is a little bit more, uh, uh, what's the word I should say? I think it's just coming to the forefront a lot more. It's, it's, it's burgeoning more than the MC, even, you know, just, you know, hip-hop stuff as we know it on the radio and, and things like that. But uh, a lot of great producers out here. Um, we got a lot of dope, dope cats like Funk Shu, uh, Creative. Uh, man, there's too many cats, but the whole Controller Eyes crew, mm-hmm. um, people really should know about them. And, and there's also a lot of people uh, coming to Atlanta for the beat scene, producers and people coming through on tours in uh it's changed a lot, you know. So I would say uh, Stolen Drums is one of the people, one of the main figures behind that and pushing it and getting people involved. Uh, so definitely we should just be known more for production. It's kind of like not just trap stuff, but like what what people call the lo-fi stuff. And um, I think people should pay more attention to that coming out of Atlanta right now. How how is How has that changed for you? How is that kind of uh, influencing uh, you as, a, as an MC? Well, I've always been a producer too, right? So um, it's all—it's just kind of giving me more of a social life because <laughs> <laughs> you know when you do when you make beats, it's like almost like you speak in a different language when you talk to different producers and in, in the mix of like 
civilians, you know what I mean? So it's cool we get to get somewhere where where we can all kind of build and network. And um, also, you know, it's, it's attracted to people who just love music. So it's not just a bunch of us, you know, talking about technical stuff, but but they do they do a lot of dope stuff, man. Like they 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 play anime movies on the projectors. They have video games out on the Monday night events. They do, uh, but it's just been a lot more social. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of grew up as the only child making beats in the attic, and mostly if it wasn't DT, who's my homie, you know, I used to rhyme with. If it wasn't him, it wasn't really nobody. So. Now that there's a lot more cats who actually even some of these cats even look up to us as being one of the first people who was really doing beat stuff, dropping beat tapes in Atlanta. So and uh, that that's uh that's just been good for me to kind of you know keep me with a uh, my finger on the pulse of what's going on around here. Uh, you said in an interview you said uh, hip hop started by giving a voice to the voiceless. I think as long as you keep it honest in that regard, you'll always going to get good feedback. Um, what was that first piece of music that you remember hearing, uh, whether it doesn't have to be hip hop at all, it could be something else that kind of gave you your voice? Um, I would say, honestly, my mom got a CD player from my uncle when I was about five or six, and he didn't take out his brand new being CD. So uh, when we got into the house, I was listening to, you know, their first album a lot, and you know that's a lot of a lot of stuff a lot of the content on there I might not have been familiar with at that age but I knew that they was black and I knew that they was like definitely saying stuff I didn't hear on TV so um, that kind of started you know just knowing that there was an avenue for for you know people to get their voice out um, even back in like 1990 so I would say that was probably the first time I saw it on accident like I was looking behind the curtain it wasn't like I was, uh, it was, it almost felt like I was researching something I wasn't supposed to know about because it was just the way I came about it. You know, it wasn't no TV, it wasn't no, no adults around, and it was just me and this album. So, yeah, that would probably be the first time from a hip hop standpoint. But, you know, I grew up listening to Motown with my grandma, you know what I mean, on my, uh, foster parents, you know, for a little period of time. That what that was, um, you know, even with my, my mom, my birth mom, um, you know, Motown was always like constant, constant thread between all my families, all my family structures, you know, singing Motown songs. And, uh, you know, that's where I, that's probably the first music music I was really, really attached to. Right. When did you kind of start, I guess, uh, gravitating to, to writing lyrics or even like, you know, maybe even rhyming in your head or out loud to friends? Uh, when, uh, when did you make that? Grade? Started young as uh, it was, was clowning around when I was like nine. You know, it was it wasn't nothing not so serious. But uh, by the time I got to be fifteen, I was making beats, and a lot of cats around me was doing both. I was making beats and rhyming, like the Vinyl Junkie Crit Click, which is a crew from Los Angeles that came here to Atlanta. A lot of them to pursue, you know, higher education with the AUC and Clark and Morehouse and Morris Brown. Um, when those brothers came here, those were like my big brothers. So the same people who teach me about beats, teach me about rhymes and DJing. It all started from DJing, though. So that was like 15 years old, still in high school, but, you know, out in the clubs and doing uh, work with uh, record labels like Red Distribution, who used to distribute for Loud Records. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 
vinyl. They had like a hub down there, so I would be around vinyl, new releases, you know, stuff from Three Six Mafia or like even Hieroglyphics, and Big Pun, Wu Tang, Dead Prez. A lot of that stuff was coming through there. So, you know, I met a lot of DJs like that too. So, really, uh, it all exploded for me at 15. Like all the all the elements from like performing to promotion to beat making, crate digging. Like all the things I pretty much do now is started like when I was fifteen years old. You, you talked about you know obviously mentioned that quote about uh, giving voice to the voiceless and you know you're a producer you're an MC. Is there stuff that you are able to do with with just music production that like, I mean it could be you know a voice itself that does not you can't do essentially with with rhyming and you know is there stuff you can do with rhyming that you can't do with music production mm -hmm. well with production i mean you can use a lot of audio clips and uh you can kind of get your point across like vicariously and you know the beats bang and then you got like a clip from you know whomever said something that you agree with or that you want to you know use or even if you don't agree with it like you know, you can you can artistically make a point off of that without rhyming at all. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the power of beats is, like, you can kind of create the world around you, like, as a mirror without using your own voice, but you can still kind of, like, get your point across. Because mm -hmm. people are, you know, people know who the messenger is. Like, if you put a quota from Trump on a, on a beat, you know, the automatic, like, idea there is that like this is a bullshit message right like, <laughs> you know, like people kind of get that or you know george bush jr you know whoever and you know it's just it's just you got to leave stuff up to the interpretation of the, the people listening sometimes too and make it more abstract mm. um lyrically when i rhyme it's like i don't really leave a lot of clues or like room for duality it's a point of view my perspective and it's more definitive it might be more not that i'm looking to offend somebody but it might be more offensive because it's not i'm putting my i have to stand behind what i say right I am. so it's just different approaches for different things you know if you're not if you uh you might not want to go 10 toes down into every subject but you still want to touch on it so uh you know it's just different methods to the medium you know Mm -hmm. um, I like that I can do both. I'm actually coming out with an instrumental album next month. And uh, it's just some summertime stuff, man. Like, But it was kind of relief for me because usually if I do beats and stuff, it's going to have some type of theme or it's going to have some type of audio clips just kind of like, you know, has some type of agenda or whatever. But this was just beats. So I'm kind of just getting back to basics a little bit. And that's, that's – uh, therapy for me because i've been rapping my ass off for years and i just kind of want to dial it back a little bit and give people something to enjoy um uh, the the track i mean the track i mentioned at the beginning uh immortal is you know obviously an extremely personal track that kind of deals with your struggle after losing your mother uh can you just take us into that track but also uh when did the kind of when when did the idea come to you to write this type of track and how did you know that this was like the right time to do it Oh yeah. Um well my boy Schizo, double O Schizo, he uh he's in Virginia and I went up there for about three or four days a couple of years ago. <clears throat> um, we wrote about three songs in that four well, we wrote like four 
about four, about a song a day. That was one of them. Um, some of them made it on the EP we did called the Hot EP, mm-hmm. and we got another album pretty much done where Immortal's going to be on that. Um, but my mom died in 2013 uh, from suicide, and that was something that I didn't really want to attach ever. I was like, man, I'm never talking about this shit. So um, we ended up. I, you know, the track just spoke to me in a certain way before the strings was on it and all that. I'll get into that too, but uh, I didn't really want to make a song that was like straight up about suicide or anything like that. I just felt like that would be kind of corny, or just I, or either corny or I just would never want to hear it again. So um, I just decided to make a song for people who passed away in general, and something that was kind of helpful to other people who might have lost people, you know, in crazy situations, and. Um, at the same time, give that type of, uh, you know, respect back to my mom at the same time because, you know, we didn't really have the best relationship around that time. So, you know, that just was uh, something I felt like getting off. I had it done for a while. Then um, my boy Dave West, who um, he produces for De La Soul, Mostly Daylight, you know. You, you probably know more of his music from Daylight. Yeah, I, well, he's been. He's been. He's also been on the show, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. No, Dave West is a great. Oh, guy. dope, dope. Yeah, great guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just that's the homie, man. Um, and I was more so saying that I, I figured you knew, but just for anybody out there listening, um, he's he uh he put me in touch with Piranha Head out of Detroit, um, homie Maurice, who did all the string work on the last Daylight Soul album. Mm. Um, uh, anonymous, anonymous nobody um, talked to him you know we talked about a couple songs we could have did and I was like that would be the perfect song to do that for because of the content you know what I mean I wanted to make it something that was more like uh, honorary for my mom because we didn't really have no funeral it wasn't like people in my family some of the people in my family didn't even know so uh, you know because we so spread out so um, you know I just wanted something to kind of stand as a, a good piece of history you know what I'm saying for my family or, who, or whatever in my, in my discography and just had something that was uh, uh, important to a lot of people so he uh, he produced the strings on there uh, I just got the footage actually earlier this week from the session <laughs> so uh, when, when my website goes up I'll, again I'll have that all on there so it kind of looked like behind the scenes a little bit I don't. but uh, yeah we dropped the song donated a nice portion of the proceeds to an Atlanta based foundation for uh, specifically black women, health, you know, dealing with, you know, pregnancies and uh, different biolo- biological things that affect women and disproportionately black women in that Atlanta area, uh, you know, because I feel like that was definitely a health issue my mom was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have anybody that, you know, you know is going through something like that, it is definitely something with health, man, you know, it's, it's with chemicals and a lot of things going on and it's not really your job to fix that, but you can support people as much as you can. And, um, I kind of just wanted to give people that little ability to maybe, you know, hear that and feel like, okay, well, a little bit of my load is off cause I'm not doing it all by myself. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I'm at with it, man. I'm the only child from my mom. I got a brother by my dad that uh, you don't even know my dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, I got a real spread out fan, man. But he has a daughter now. You know what I mean? So I'm an uncle now. And, wow. uh, you know, I'm I'm just starting to kind of look at life a little bit differently. I wanted to create something that was 
kind of important to the time that we're in right now so we can kind of like deal with some uh, healing on a certain level. So that was my contribution to that in, in an artistic way. Uh, you meant you mentioned the strings and on on the uh, the the song and you know it's 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 it it, 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 it just per- you know you listen to it it just goes perfectly with your flow uh, and style. Um, how how important was it to have those kind of strings to help kind of I guess elevate man, the message? It took the song to another level, man. Like I got to give all props to Piranha Head, man. He's super dope, man. He works with like. Boosie Collins and Amp Fiddler and all these legendary cats. You know, a lot of cats playing on the song, part of the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Cats who are tied to Motown records. and That's kind of full circle, because I was just talking to you about Motown. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just dope, man. It just, it, it, it took it higher, bro. And I mean, my man, not, not just who he works with, like Foreign Exchange or whoever, but He's just a super talented guy, man. I'm glad I met him uh, through through Dave, and uh, hope to work with him again. And he kind of gave me more. I was kind of feeling like a slump around that time, so he just kind of opened up more possibilities to me uh, as an artist to keep kind of motivated and keep going. And you know, there's more, there's a lot more to do. You know what I mean? So like, I can't stop. I can't front. Like my mom passing, sometimes it just makes me just stop and think. And I lose time, bro. I lose time sometimes. Like it, it's, that's like the only thing that's ever ever slowed me down, mm. like even a little bit. So um, that was really important to kind of connect with more professionals. You know what I mean? Because I'm in Atlanta, man. There's a lot of people doing this shit, but they're not. <laughs> they they they're not classically nothing. You know what I mean? Or like even classically minded. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to diss my town, but it's like a million rappers in every town. Right. And Atlanta's like what people say. People need to be here to get noticed or whatever. But. um you know that that type of acumen stuff, man. Like that's shooting for the stars type stuff for me, and that and it made it all worth it, you know. So when that album actually comes out, I really hope it does really even better hmm. than um, than the EP because I did the EP overseas and they got a new fans. I hope all those new fans can connect with this one too because Schizo's a dope producer. He pulls a lot of stuff out of me. So yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be really, it's some cold stuff on there. I can't wait for it to come out. I just want it to come out right. Uh, you, you spit. I, I'm a pillar in my community, but I walk around like a killer with immunity. You spit on uh, hot, <laughs> the hot intro off the hot EP. Uh, can you talk about these yeah, lyrics? It, and was there an event or occurrence that might have happened that kind of inspired them you to write these lyrics? These lyrics. That line is fucking bananas, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I, was, I just had to. Re- I had to like rewind three times. Like what? What? It was dope. It was dope. <laughs> I mean, this is Atlanta, right? So. The leadership is black most of the time. You know, the mayor, you know, uh, just a lot of in, in the city, man, like a lot of council people. Um, and I've worked with some of these people. I've worked with council member Kwanzaa Hall on a, you know, a couple of projects to like beautify Old Fourth Ward, you know, clean up, neighborhood cleanups. I've done, you know, I've hit the streets when, when a lot of black women was missing. I've hit the streets with pamphlets with my people. Uh, with my man Supreme understanding and uh you know, we just we, we click up for the community when it's time, you know, like Guerrilla Republic. You know, we've we've been involved with a lot of uh well just initiatives, you know, like kids out here selling water on the street, you know what I'm saying? My man Rob Love from Guerrilla Republic, who merchandises me with clothing. Uh, you know, he made T shirts for those kids, you know what I'm saying? Gave them some type of, you know, some pride in what they're doing. 
So it's just like we tied to all these type of things, man. We put money on these things, and it's like I am a pillar of my community. You know what I'm saying? But like people actually do want me to speak on issues and you want me connecting with people, and, and I and I take pride in that. But at the same time, you know what I mean? Like at any given moment. <laughs> I could get treated like, you know, saying a criminal, man, if I'm in the wrong area, I fit a description. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They, that's how they act. So that's what that line really meant because that's the reality it is, man. You know, like having a good face card means a lot. Like knowing certain people, knowing certain lawyers has helped me out when I might have been asked out, you know what I'm saying, out of, out of, out of town, coming back from North Carolina, doing a show somewhere, uh, you know, going through Canada. Um, you know, I've had situations where, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, I was not looked at as a pillar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's just what it is to be a black person. And, and, and like, oh, you know, you could be law-abiding. And I'm not trying to sound nihilistic, but, you know, you could wear a suit. You could do whatever, but it don't even matter. Like the police chief in New York got a gun drawn on him by somebody who thought he wasn't a cop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, police officers get their ass whipped on undercover by other police officers. You know what I'm saying? So that's the mentality we're dealing with. So, um, that's, yeah, that's all that meant, man. You know, that kind of, that's the old story. But you, I mean, you also see with like the reaction to, uh, the Central Park Five in New York getting exonerated, even with DNA evidence, they're still, you know, people still are convinced yeah. they're guilty of, you know, and it's just because they're yeah. five young black, there were five young black men at the time that were just happened to be outside. Yeah, man, and you know, it ain't much change with that. It's like people, you know, kids get treated like adults, and you know, cops body slamming girls. You know, you know how it be, man. It's all in our face now. Right. But uh, that's what we've been. I've been dealing with that since I was like seven. You know, like, am I in the gang or like where are you going? You know, like seven years old, bro. So uh, that's always you know something. I'm a, I'm a I'm a call I'm a call that out. You know, if I ever do get more like "quote unquote" famous, I'm never gonna, you know, forget that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why. That's what Tupac and the whole thug life thing was—the hate you gave. That's what all of this is really about, man. Throwing it back in the faces of like the people who like stereotype us this way. So you, you're getting paid off a of stereotype more or less. You know, with a lot of rappers, like I don't feel like I fall in, fall in that mode. But you know, talking about your guns on your song, talking about certain stuff on the songs, like these things are staples. Because it paid, you know what I'm saying, and it, it became popular. But uh, you know, a lot of people can hold. I know people who hold guns who ain't at all thugging. You know what I'm saying. So if I talk about strapping up, like what does that mean? You know what I'm saying versus somebody who's in the NRA. You know what I mean. It's just like it's a lot of uh, stereotypes, you know, and double standards. So that's all. Um, there's a there's a few references in uh, the hot AP where you kind of you 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 lyrically refer to as as pretty much your 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 kind of your older your your old you know you're, you're lyrically older than your peers so to say right um, yeah, yeah, yeah. is there is is there an error that you I mean, do you feel like you're you're you should be in this era, or is, or is there an era in hip hop that you would you know you you kind of see yourself in, or maybe I don't know, wish you were born at that time to kind of you know be a part of that mm. those peers. I mean, uh, you know, I always kind of get that. People tell me that all the time, like, "Oh man, you would have killed it!" Like, if there was like more traditional like routes of. Um, of being, you know, of music coming out, like basically, like as opposed to streaming, 
and stuff like that where it wasn't so many points of entry. People have, you know, I've heard people say that, like people like, you know, interviewers such as yourself or, you know, DJs in general, just, you know, tastemakers or whatever. Even people I grew up listening to, they'd be like, man, you know, you would have killed it with us. Or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's just so much of clown stuff gets attention. People who seeking attention, you know, they figured out how to get it. So that's not really my thing, you know, like getting viral and stuff like that. So people kind of like have said that to me, like in a different era, you would have been a height because whatever. But, you know, that's just speculation. I'm I'm in between uh, kind of two generations in my mind, in like how I always looked up because I remember ADATs and like that tapes and, you know, having to really go to studios, books through the time, big ass equipment, right. <laughs> carrying vinyl, you know, taking records to the party. I did all that, but I was underage doing that, mm-hmm. so it wasn't really my era, you know what I mean? But I was just there, and I was doing it, and, you know, so, and I was doing it, like, in high school, you know, my friends would, you know, that was cool to them that I was going to places they couldn't get into and stuff like that, but now it's like, um, I'm kind of in this new thing that we really didn't go to. It's like going to college for, uh, a, you know, some type of <laughs> occupation that don't really exist when you get out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But you got all these skills, you know what I'm saying? So you still got to make it work within this new framework. So that's the challenge, man. But I don't really feel I belong to either. I think I've always, like, even though how history has gone for me, like, I ain't really fit in anywhere, you know? So I've used that to my advantage when it worked. But the same week, the same way that'll help you, it, it can hurt you too. You know, same reason people love you, they hate you for the same reason. So you kind of got to, like, just figure it out, man. Pick and choose and, and always choose yourself. You know what I'm saying? Get back to you and then go back out when you got something to give. But I ain't really part of neither one of these, like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know, generations. Mm. Like, that's that's not just me either. I think that that might be the other generation, like, that I'm a part of. I say people like me, Difference Machine, my man Science in New York, um, just certain MCs, you know, that we rock with each other. My man Lazarus in, in North Carolina, oh, Tucson. Nice. Um, it's just so many different MCs, like Mike Sick here in Atlanta, Z uh, Rich. We're not really part of either, but, and, and we stand out for that. Hmm. So, at, 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 the, at the best, you know, at the best, the best case scenario is that we just take everything we learn from everywhere. And that's, you know, what kind of like makes us stand out and achieve what we want. And, uh, at the worst case, it's just like, we'll be appreciated way later. <laughs> <laughs> like when we did, it's it. <laughs> but that's how I see it, you know? Cause like, I know, it, you know, we, we're going to have a mark in history, but it's like, man, it's still being written. So right. trying to, uh, try to kill it while we're here. Uh, the, the track uh, "Do You Got Time" is, I think, on the EP is one of my favorites. On the, I mean, every song on the damn EP is great. So you know, there's not, you know, uh, but but uh, but "Do You Got Time" is great because uh, you know you kind of divide it into two parts, right? Uh, the yeah, first the first yeah. part is like I got all the time in the world, kind of you know, yeah, you know, not a care in the world type thing, and then the second part mm-hmm. you you kind of give that first part a lyrical reality check. We're like you don't have right. all the time in the world. What the hell? So how how did you come up with a concept of you know attracted just attacks the idea of time and how much we actually have of it? Oh man, I've always been like kind of uh, obsessed with time. 
um, just not even just like on the clock, but just like the concept of time itself and how like different civilizations looked at time, whether it was cyclical or linear and things of that nature, like twofold. So I don't know, man, like it, it kind of came natural to me. Actually, the, the, the second beat I got first from Schizo and then um, the first one I got later. And I was like, man, this is crazy. But I loved them both. And um, I just sat on both of them for a while. And, um, okay, yeah. And then I remember the, the last line of the first verse was, um, let's say, uh, people hold got the hand on the nine like it's a quarter till. So I wrote that line, and I was like, okay, well, that's talking about time again. So then I wrote the hook. So I actually wrote the hook right after I finished that verse, and I just set the tone for the rest of it. Now, I remember that, like, real vividly, like, the, the the hand on the nine thing kind of just made me start going down this whole that's why I'm like okay this is going to be another one of those time joints <laughs> and uh yeah because I think I got a couple of joints to kind of deal with time or chronology kind of going back I can kind of point them out to you but uh yeah some of them joints is songs like from when I was in high school I don't even really got no more but I just remember like what we was talking about mm-hmm. yeah so uh yeah I got a song called Tomorrow's Yesterday I got a song called Prometheus um, yeah, so a couple of my best, like, written joints is talking about some type of, like, point A, point B, or uh, slowing that down time, stretching time, making it, you know, going back in time. That's, like, a reoccurring thing, but I never even thought about that until you asked that question. Um, uh, before I get into, uh, the, before I ask you the question, what does the future hold for you, I, you know, I, there's... For someone who uh, has never been actually able to write a lyric in his life because he's awful at it, uh, I'm very blown away by like everything. You know, you, you uh, that EP is great and everything about it. You know, I, lyrically is great and the the music is great as well. But is there a lyric that kind of that lyric that you wrote down maybe years ago that kind of reassured you that yeah, I'm good at this. I, I you know this is what I need to do. Um, in my life, I need to be kind of a lyricist and a producer as well. Oh man, I'm sure I got some man too. Oh man, uh, uh, man, that's a good question, bro. I got, I got so many, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'm drawing a blank at the moment, just thinking like. So you basically asking like some bar or something? Yeah, some bar. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be on this. I don't do that. Um, Let's see, uh, alphabet, alpha male, and you a gangster, you kill time because it tells. When the tables turn, watch them put their heads in shells, 1,200 techniques from the heavens fell, handed to the captains in the depths of hell. I guess somebody heard us yell for help and dealt us well. Now we got an outlet to let us out the devil's cell, so I'm sold that I'm free, even if I never sell. So, something Damn. from that song, that's, that's all, that's, are you sure? That's dope. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff in that joint, man, that I kind of got off. But, uh, yeah, that joint, definitely, uh, that's on my first album. And um, But, yeah, it, it, it was a lot of stuff around that time, man. And, uh, when I did that song, Never Leave, about my MP, I was like, okay, yeah, it's just, I can get, I can, I can probably do that. That was, that was me being new to being solo. Mm. So, uh, I was like, oh, man, I got concepts. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so what you know? What is what is next for you? And what is uh, I mean, um, you obviously you're you're 
you do a lot for the community and you, you also create a lot of great music. What are kind of the next steps for uh, uh, you musically and also you for the community? Uh, I really want to just, speaking community, I just want to travel more. I actually want to get out of here again, um, get some more countries under my belt. Um, I got some Asian connections that I've been kind of, kind of slowly looking at because I'm I'm kind of anchored here at the moment, man. This, I just got to uh, free up a little bit. So travel, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, Somali.com will be out next month, July. Um, and everything will be going through there now. So I'm kind of backing up from every other platform and just kind of trying to, you know, unify here and then, and then do the stream and stuff um, a little bit later. I want people to get it from me first, though. Uh, but, yeah, just, just the site, man, and traveling, getting out again, do some beat touring because uh, I know people can get around just touring beats. I can, You know, I got songs, too, but I want to do some more beat stuff for touring and, um, you know, keep j- juggling, DJing, you know, doing tricks, getting better at that just without really trying to just be the DMC champ. I just have fun with it, you know. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, man, just that, more, just more of that, dog, just... And I, I, I'm not, I'm not really aging, you know. Say I ain't really getting old. I'm just like getting better. Nice. <laughs> like, just more of that, man. Help, just health and movement. That's it. That's dope. Uh, yeah, me and Somali. Uh, thank you so much, man, for being on the library, Tim Monica. I, I, I learned more than I from you doing about yourself and the the research that I you know try to put into this and I, it's a great hearing all that stuff you're doing for the community and also also your music discography is kind of incredible so I appreciate you being on the show man. Thank thanks you. I appreciate you man um, you got yeah just from knowing who you've had on here I know what, you, what you're into and um, yeah hopefully we just uh, next time I'm up top man I can get up with you Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.